News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And welcome to the show. It is uh, seven minutes after seven o'clock. How about that? We are ready to go. Skulls and Samfiru just taking off here once again. Employment Law Show. You have questions, bring them on. Maybe you're heading back to work or you don't want to go back to work or you don't think it's safe to go back to work. Or maybe you're just laid off still. Uh, 613-521-TALK, 613-521-TALK. That is the way to call through and get your questions answered quickly. Get on the road to some knowledge. That you can email anytime. We'll try to get to some of those tonight. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And a good website for use anytime for you. Absolutely free, absolutely anonymous, and it's got a ton of information that we cover here right on the show, and you can access it anytime at all. That is simply pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But the phone call, 613-521-TALK. We are ready. Lines are open to, to bring it on as a live call-in show, so we'll pitter, patter, pal. We're going to get to common misconceptions with respect to severance, and there is a, a list of about a billion, but you whittled it down to about 10. Good job. So uh, first, so, uh, week that was, how are you? Hey, John. Uh, all is well. Uh, you know, nice. a busy, busy week. Uh, every time uh, I think things are settling down, more things happen. Government announces new things, so we need to adapt. You know, uh, they announced today that with respect to, you know, daycares, they can reopen. And that raises a lot of questions for parents. Do they have to go back to work now that they, they can't stay they can't say necessarily that I don't have childcare. So if you have any questions about that, about do you have to go back to work now that there's daycare? What are your rights? Uh, can your employer do anything to you if you don't go back? Let's let's talk about that. Bring on those questions right now. Take advantage of the fact that Johnny and I are here till about 8 o'clock to answer those questions. And we want to help. We want to provide information. Uh, we all may be in isolation or in quarantine or, you know, maybe uh, out of commission a bit, but employment law is not. Employment law yeah. is still out there in full force helping everyone. So if you want to know what your rights are in your job, whether it's COVID-related or, or not COVID-related, give us a call right now or reach out to me privately. Off air, we'll give you my phone number, my email address, so we can have that discussion. Uh, and a couple of situations, Johnny, specifically that came across my desk, I got a a call from a lady who had been uh, on layoff since uh, early on, since mid-March, was put on a temporary layoff. She expected to be going back to work very, very soon in, in June. Well, she uh, got a, a letter from her employer uh, saying that, well, we need to keep you off work until, until August, and we need you to sign right here saying that you agree to be off work till August, and if you don't sign, then we'll be accepting your resignation. Uh, so very confused and, and, you know, very upset, of course. She called me and she wanted to understand, wait a second, is this right and what are my rights? So let's be very, very clear. The layoff itself was, in fact, a termination to begin with. She did not have to accept it at all. So just like she didn't have to accept it on day one, she doesn't have to accept it on day 90. So she can treat that as a termination. And, and if she doesn't want to sit at home and wait and do nothing till August, it's not a resignation. It's a termination of her employment, and her employer has to pay her severance. She does not have to sit at home. She does not have to uh, decide that, well, it's okay with me. If she wants to, she can. 
But if not, she can require her employer to pay her severance. So anyone out there where the employer says, well, if you're, if you're not agreeing to what I'm saying, that's a resignation, that's never going to be legal. Anytime your employer says it's either this or resignation, you can say no, none of the above. Because your employer can never yeah. decide for you that you've resigned. You only can decide if you've resigned. And if your employer says, well, you're not employed here anymore, that's always, always, always going to be a termination and your employer has to pay you your full severance. John, I don't know why that's so hard for employers to understand, yeah. but I see this way, way too often. That number to reach out, by the way, Lior mentioned uh, to the office when we're not doing the show, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the one, and it is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here now, live show, bring them on, 613-521-TALK. Uh, what else you got uh, got happening? So this is not necessarily a case that came across my desk, but I mentioned right off the top the idea that the government has uh, announced now that uh, daycare centers can open, obviously with some some restrictions. Mm -hmm. So a lot of employees uh, were staying at home because they had childcare obligations, and you were legally allowed to stay home if you had childcare, if there was no daycare. Uh, and uh, in that those situations, you could stay home with your children, and your employer couldn't let you go. You could also get the CRB. Well, now that's starting to change. So here's what this means. If you're in that situation, you really, really kind of keep note of this. Uh, you now, if, if you have child care that's opening, you need to try to get care for your children. Now, that may not be possible only because there may be high demand and uh, the, the daycare or the child care centers are not going to be just opening it up to the, as many kids as before. They're going to have limited number of kids there. So that may not be available, but you do have to make efforts. And it's possible that your employer, you know, if you tell your employer, I tried, but I couldn't get any, they may ask for some proof that you tried. Uh, so you have to be careful there. If you simply tell your employer, uh, no, I'm not going to come back to work. I'm not comfortable sending my kids. That is your right. But unfortunately, at that point, that may be considered to be a resignation. So up until now, you could stay home no matter what. If you had children, your employer couldn't do anything uh, for, uh, to you. Right now, that's a bit different. If you have a child care that's available, you should, you should try to get your child in there. If you don't do that, there's a risk not only that it's a resignation, that you get disqualified from the CERB. And the government also announced that they're going to be going after people yep. that are getting the CRB when they should be. I've, I've been saying this for months that that's going to happen. That's right. So be careful. Uh, be be smart about it. And if you want to talk about your rights, your options, reach out. Call us either right now on the show. Call me off air. Happy to talk. Yeah, you knew that uh, that that uh, that hammer was going to drop eventually with the people that are just saying, I'm going to take both. You legitimately need it. Now you're good to go. But if you didn't, not so good. And those who made a mistake, they're going to go easy on those as well. So yeah, it's, you know, it all comes home to roost. We said this since they first announced the CRB with that whole blanket. Doesn't matter your situation. Just sign in. You'll get it. We'll deal with it later. This is later. This is happening now. This is later. So we're going to see what happens, I guess, in the, uh, in the near future. Time to load up the phones. You got some time. It is a 714. We'll take a short break here. 613-521-TALK. Don't be bashful. Bring your questions on. There is no bad questions. Get some answers. Email us help at employmentlawyer.ca and we'll get into common misconceptions with respect to severance after that short break. Employment Law Show, News Talk 580, CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru on News Talk 580 CFRA. 
718 on a beautiful evening. Thank you for joining us. And the number 613-521-TALK. We'll get into common misconceptions with respect to severance. Some emails as well. But as always, the phone calls always top priority. It is a live call-in show. The show is for you. It's about you. So so bring it on. 613-521-TALK. In that regard, we'll get to Adrian here. First uh, first call of the evening. Thanks for, uh, thanks for standing by. How are you? Hi there. I'm good, thanks. Great. What's going on? How can we So, I was a banquet server back uh, in when COVID started. I was let go. Banquets were obviously one of the first industries to close. Uh, Weddings, conferences. Now, uh, obviously, banquets won't be coming back for a while. We don't know when. But potentially, I mean, I could just go out and get a... You know, any job I could work at a Tim Hortons, I could work, you know, anywhere really to get a minimum wage job. But my preference obviously is to work in banquets again at the event centers where I was. So my question is, am I still, you know, uh, do I qualify for CERB? Uh, so yes, you you do qualify for the, for CERB as long as you made at least five thousand dollars in the previous year. Yes, you do. There was no uh, uh, requirement to proactively look for for work, even though you probably could have, as you said. Uh, so yes, CERB, you would qualify. I take it you haven't applied uh, to now. No, I have. I've been collecting it, but my question is now that things are starting to reopen a little bit more, and you know, for example, patios and restaurants. Uh, so, you know, potentially not that there are that many jobs out there and it will still be hard because employers are not taking people back that quickly. And um, so it would, but, you know, potentially now that things are opening up, I just wondered if that changed my qualifications uh, because I could get just any job. Um, so no, it doesn't change. Okay. It, it doesn't change the qualification, Adrian. But there's actually something else here that I think uh, you, you may not have thought of, and that yeah. is the fact that you actually would have been entitled to severance from your from your employer. Uh, how long did you work there for? Uh, for two years at one location and uh, just about a year at another. So, so um, same same employer, different locations, and three years total consecutive. Correct. And how old are you, Adrian? I'm uh, older than I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that's fine. Fair enough. So someone in your situation... I'm a mature would, adult. <laughs> uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take mature adult, absolutely. Uh, you're, you're likely owed right around four months' pay, okay? Four months' pay from your former employer, and that's irrespective of the CERB. I take it they haven't paid you any severance? No, because uh, there was no actual, um, you know, official termination or layoff. Or, I was part-time. Right. And so it, there was never any discussion around whether or not, you know, I would still have a job, whether or not I was, uh, what my official status was, other than there, our business has dried up and we have nothing to offer you. 
I got it. So if you do want to discuss your severance, like I said, potentially four months pay, why don't you reach out to me if, if you want to kind of wait and see what happens if, if they take you back or not. Obviously, that's your your decision 100%. Yeah. But severance is an option here. And if, if whether it's okay. now or down the road, if you want to discuss that or, or you, you want to get some okay. help in getting that, just reach yeah. out to me. To be honest, these are small businesses and I don't feel like I need to hit them any harder than they've already been hit. So I'm okay as long as I have the CERB, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm, I can get by. I just wanted to make sure that I wouldn't be, you know, uh, asked to pay it back because I could go out and get any job. And just because I can't go back to what I was doing, does that still qualify me for the you, you, you do qualify for the, for the CERB, so you're fine. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Adrian. Appreciate you uh, calling through. And any further information you need from Lior, that is easy as well. Simply dial 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That phone number right there, use it. That's how easy it is. 613-521-TALK is the number 723. We'll, uh, we'll keep it going here. On your uh, Tuesday evening, common misconceptions with respect to severance. Most of these things are not true. Don't you believe it? Number one is this. It is up to the company to decide, the company, to decide how much severance an employee is owed. No, sir. So remember, the things that John is going to read out here are things that are not true. They are misconceptions. Uh, So a very, very good place to start is that really it's the company's call as to how much they, they pay. No, no, no. Not even close. Now, remember, not only is it not the company's call, it's it's not mine call, my call, your call, it's the law. The law makes that determination and legally there's a number of factors that go in, your age, your position and the length of your employment as well as your employability. And those factors go into deciding how much severance you're owed. So it's not up to your employer. It doesn't matter what they think is appropriate uh, and, and you can't assume that your uh, uh, employer either knows or wants to to do what's what's appropriate your it's your responsibility to determine how much you owe that's why we were doing the show that's why you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca there's a severance calculator tool there that allows you to find out exactly how much you're owed you call me you call another employment lawyer if you have to if you don't want to talk to me that's okay but your employer doesn't make that decision i've heard that many times well yeah. my employer said that uh, they thought that this is fair for me so i guess they know no 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 it doesn't work that way the law knows and keep in mind the rule that in over 90 percent of cases 90 percent of cases when employees are let go, what they're offered by the employer is significantly less than what they're actually owed. So if you're looking at that severance letter, chances are it's also inadequate. You have to, have to, have to get that advice. So check out pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? They're the ones who are drafting this this separation letter. When you sit down with your package, it's got the details of what's going on. Here's the amount. Okay, I guess it's right. They're the company. They're the ones who are letting me go. They put this letter together. So I guess people automatically assume the company knows, right? Oh, and, and, and they, they have done it before, so they, they have the experience. And either the company knows, or they, and they hope they, you don't know, or the company may not know. It's not something that you can ever, ever assume. Your responsibility is, you're, you being the individual, to, assume, to, to find out how much you're owed. Because if you take something for granted, oh, the company must know, or the company has a right to decide, and you find out after you've accepted that, oh my gosh, no, no, this was wrong, they owed me another six months' pay. 
well, by then it's too late to do anything about it. So be proactive about it. You have the power to find out. So check out pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Find out exactly what you're owed. And you can continue to call here this evening. 613-521-TALK is a way to do that. Another common misconception uh, with respect to your severance is different size companies have different size obligations. Yeah, and usually you kind of... The, the, the corollary to that is, oh, well, small companies don't have to pay as much or big companies right. only have to pay severance. Let's be clear. That's wrong. That's false. That's not even close. Small companies, big companies, they have to pay the same amount of severance. Why? Because the size of the company is not one of the factors. Remember, it's age, position, and length of employment. So really all the factors have to do with the employee, not really with the employer. It's your job, your length of employment, your age, not the size of the company or the size of the company's payroll. I've heard this for years. Oh no, the company has to have a, a large payroll to pay severance, otherwise they don't have to. Nonsense. If you work for a small company with one other employee or a company with a thousand other employees, you're gonna get the same. The amount of severance is that well kind of in the same no it's exactly the same if you lost your job you're owed severance big company small company it's just the same yeah you probably get that too on the other side right that's you know it's a little mom and pop shop i'm sure they don't have to owe me anything you know they're just two of them working there wrong 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 and you may go online and read incorrect information that's why again i call it google university don't go there okay <laughs> don't go to google university uh get the right information you wouldn't go to google in university if you had a medical condition why go there if you have a legal condition a legal issue yeah. so no that's wrong you only get severance or you get severance only if you did nothing wrong yeah, you may have done something wrong, maybe even a few things wrong. That does not mean that if you're let go, you can be deprived of severance. It's only those people that have done something terrible, something awful that can be deprived of severance. And in most cases, people that are let go supposedly for just cause without severance, in fact, they've been wrongfully dismissed. Why? Because either what they did was not bad enough or the company didn't impose discipline before. company can't just decide, well, you've done something wrong, you're out of here without severance. They can let you go. They just have to pay full severance. Remember, you it's not a question of whether you have clean hands, if you did something wrong or not. It's a question of did you do something so, so, so bad that now it's impossible to employ you. In most cases, that's not going to be the case. So you can always check out also pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to find out if the company had cause to let you go. Common misconceptions with respect to severance. More of those are on the way. We'll take a short break. Time for you to grab a phone and make that phone call if you're scratching your head about any of these points so far or bring on your own question, 613-521-TALK. we got lots of time here. Employment Law Show, News Talk, 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru on News Talk 580 CFRA. And it is uh, 7.34, which means you have plenty of time still to call in, ask your question. 613-521-TALK is the way to do that for this live show. And email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. In between that, uh, we were talking about misconceptions, common ones with respect to severance, the things that are not true that you may have heard. And is uh, generally thought of as true, but no, we're uh, we're ripping them apart here. Next one is this: federally regulated. Hey, I got it tonight. Federally regulated employees have to pay less severance. Nope, not true. Yeah, John actually struggled with the word uh, federally the other night. So, John, I'm very proud of you, man. Yeah, uh, 
<laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, and, and a lot of people are regulated federally. So think people that work for, for banks, uh, railways, uh, radio and TV, uh, just as some examples that are regulated federally. And one of the biggest misconceptions is that those individuals, the ones that are, are federally regulated, have different severance rights than pro- uh, people that are regulated provincially. That is wrong. That is false. That has no bearing in truth whatsoever. You're going to get the same severance. Again, what are the factors? Your age, your position, and the length of your employment, not whether your employer is federally or provincially regulated. Now, your minimum entitlements may be different, whether you're provincially or federally regulated, but that's irrelevant. Who cares about that? Because your full termination entitlements, while we call your common law entitlements, are exactly the same. So it does not matter. People think, well, I only get two weeks period because I'm federally regulated. No, 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 not even close. You could be getting as much as two years pay. Forget about two weeks because that's how the law operates. So federally or provincially works just the same. And you can always, as I said before, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to find out how much you're owed. Or you can reach out through the phone number, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Another common misconception when it comes to your severance is being on contract, making air quotes that nobody can see. Being on contract <laughs> means you don't get severance. No, no. No, no, no. And then, you know, this. there's a lot of kind of unpack there. You know, sometimes people call being an independent contractor being on contract. Other people think that it means if you're on a, on a fixed term uh, contract, then you're on contract. Yeah. Either way, you're likely, very likely, in fact, owed severance. Now, if you're an independent contractor, and I'm using the same air quotes that you, that you just did, John, uh, that you're likely an employee in the eyes of the law. We've talked about this before. Our regular listeners know what I mean. Most people that are supposedly independent contractors are really misclassified. They are really employees in the eyes of the law. If you have a regular job, you are an employee, and it does not matter what you call yourself, what you signed. It doesn't matter how you pay your taxes or who pays your taxes. You are an employee in the eyes of the law, and that means if you are let go, you are owed your full severance. So being on contract, if now you're all of a sudden let go, does not mean at all you don't get severance. You're going to get your full severance, absolutely. Same thing, if you're on a fixed term agreement, maybe you signed an agreement to work for a company for six months or a year or two years, whatever that is, a fixed term. If the company lets you go before the end of the term, they have to pay you for the balance of the term. So if you signed a two-year contract and you're let go after six months, well, guess what? The company has to pay you for the remaining one and a half years. So do you get severance? You bet you do in both situations. So on contract does not does not mean you don't get severance we are talking 613-521-TALK that is the number for the remainder of the show to call in here to the show and get your questions answered uh, email or at least uh, call the or after the show 1-855-821-5900 we'll keep working on this list of common misconceptions with respect to severance the next one is this while you're uh, here you know, your employer knows how much severance you wrote why wouldn't they right <laughs> yeah and one, that's probably one of the main reasons that people actually accept severance offers that they right. should not, absolutely not be accepting. Is Well, the, the employer must know. So if the company says I'm owed six months pay, well, they must know. They, they've done this a million times. Uh, they have HR and legal, and, and they must know. So they may know, okay? But the fact that they know 
doesn't mean that they're offering you what they know they should be offering. Right. Why? Because mo- I, I've said that most people are offered less than what they're owed, but it, it's worse than that. Most people accept less than what they're owed because they don't know any better. So if a company is going to let go 10 people, they'll assume that eight of them are going to accept the offer even if it's not adequate. So that's why you cannot ever, ever assume that the company just knows. And maybe they do, but maybe they don't. A lot of companies themselves may be confused in terms of what they owe. They may have their own misconceptions about what's owed. So no, the company doesn't know, or if they do, it does not mean at all. It does not mean that they're offering you what they should be offering you. That's why it's your job, as I said before, and only yours to determine how much you're owed, to determine if your severance offer is fair, and then to do something about it. And you do that before you sign, not after. If you do it Mm -hmm. uh, the day after you sign, then it's too late. And I really, really, uh, uh, it makes me sad to get those calls from people that have already signed and realized, holy cow, they owed me another $60,000. By then it's too late. It's 740. You got tons of time to call in here live and uh, and make a, make a question, get something solved. 613-521-TALK is the number. Next misconception is this. Uh, if a company shuts down, you're done. You don't get severance. Yeah, and, and this is certainly something you have to understand. The, the only time a company doesn't end up paying severance is if they're actually bankrupt, okay? And that's a formal legal process. And if a company is bankrupt, you're not going to get severance, or if you're very lucky, you may, you, may get, uh, you may get a few pennies on the dollar. But the fact that the company decided to stop operating does not relieve them of their legal obligation to pay severance. A company still has assets, you know, they have uh, equipment or property or accounts receivable, etc. So that, that that does not mean they don't pay severance. They have to. So a company can't say, well, we, we, we've closed our doors, we've closed a restaurant, whatever it is, we're not paying you severance. No, no, not at all. They still have to. If you're ever in that situation, don't assume anything. Give me a call. Time is of the essence then. You don't want to wait on, on this. You don't want to sit on your rights, but the company would still have to pay severance. Another one is this: It's not worth. Uh, it's not worth it to pursue your full severance. That's crazy. That is just simply crazy. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's a few things. Number one, people may not understand how much they're actually owed. They think, well, you know, if they owe me more, it's maybe another week or two, and maybe it's not worth it. Well, no. In most cases, you're owed months more, and sometimes it could be many more months pay. But the other thing that people believe is, oh, my gosh, it's going to be very expensive and very long and and, uh, complicated. Who needs that? Well, I agree with you. If it was very complicated and very expensive, very long, it probably wouldn't make sense, right, to pursue your severance entitlements. But the good news is it's none of those things. In the vast majority of cases, it's not expensive, it's not complicated, and it's not long. Many cases, most cases, it can resolve in a matter of, of weeks, Okay, sometimes even very few weeks, two, three weeks. And cost, there's many options. You can do a contingency arrangement. You can do a deferred fee. It's not a big cost. And why not get what the law says you should have? I don't make these decisions. I'm not even giving an opinion. I'm just telling you what the law is. So is it worth pursuing? Yeah, you better believe it is. And you don't believe me. Just go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You can actually calculate in dollars, if you want, how much you're owed and the numbers speak for themselves. Yeah, it is worth pursuing. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that ah, it's probably not worth it. That kind of dovetails in the last point of common misconceptions with respect to severance, and that's it. So if my severance offer is inadequate, if it is, like you say, eh, it's probably just a week, maybe two weeks, not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's it's not that. And in fact, if you come to see me and you, and your severance adequate, oh, sorry, your severance offer is one or two weeks short. 
I'm going to tell you, you know what, it's okay. One or two weeks, I'm, I'm not going to give your employer a hard time. It's close enough. But that's so, so rare. Most of the time when I look at severance offers, they're, they're not one or two weeks short. They're months short, several months. You know, the average, I think, is about 50 cents on the dollar. That's kind of the average in terms of the severance packages that I see. Someone was offered six months, it should have been 12. They were offered three, it should have been six. You could do the math. So that's why it's so, so important to get that advice. Uh, it, it is worth pursuing. The delta is significant. Yeah. Uh, so please don't make any assumptions and find out later that they were wrong. Before we move on to uh, duty to accommodate and what that all means, I want to slide over an email Rob just sent over. It says, guys, I was about to return back to work from a disability leave. My employer just told me that my job no longer available, but that they have another job for me at less pay. Is this a constructive dismissal? Yes, it, it is absolutely uh, a constructive dismissal. Yeah. It, you know, regardless of, of the reason, uh, it is a constructive dismissal. It's something that a company doesn't have a right to do, regardless of the circumstances. Uh, in, in some situations, that could also be a human rights violation. But yes, if your employer reduces your pay, even if you've been off work, even whatever the circumstances, reduces your pay, changes your job, makes a negative uh, impact on your, your, uh, your role, you have a right to treat that as a constructive dismissal and get severance. Potentially also, if there's a medical issue involved, it could be a human rights issue. Company can't decide not to bring you back or to a different job because of that. So there's a lot of things there to, to unpack and to explore. That's why it's so important to connect. We'll take a short break, our last one of the evening, and we'll get right back into it, which means you still have time to make that phone call, 613-521-TALK. Send an email as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show, and this is News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru on News Talk 580 CFRA. It is 613-521-TALK. That is the number to call to this live show as we get to the last few minutes of the show. We'd love to get you on here and ask your questions, at least get down the right path with some information. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is the, uh, the email address anytime as well. And we'll, uh, we'll get over to a phone call because we, uh, we got some time. Darlene, thank you so much for, for hanging on the line. How are you tonight? Good. How are you? Great. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Well, I was just listening to your show, and then I was wondering if I had a claim, and I wanted to know how long you had to do that because I didn't know that that was a possibility till just now if you were a contract employer employee. So I worked for the school board for 8 to 10 years as an educational assistant, and then I had to go on sick leave because I got cancer and I was really ill. I couldn't work. And um, when I went to go back to my job, they told me I didn't have it anymore. Uh, were you was, part of a union? Yes. I was not a full-time employee. I was a casual. Right. So the only one that would have been able to pursue this on your behalf would have been the union. Uh, and depending on the terms of the collective agreement and your seniority, maybe they did or maybe did not have a job, you you would have had to get some severance. But how, how long ago was this? It was two years ago. So depending, if it has, in fact, already been two years, if it's more than two years, then there's probably not much you can do. If it's been less, then you should talk to your union. You should probably talk to the union either way, uh, but the union would be the only one that can pursue this. If you were not unionized, it would be a different situation. Uh, you'd be on a, a heck of a lot more severance. Potentially, it would be a human rights issue as well. 
uh, but you're, you're, you're quite limited, unfortunately, as a unionized employee, but you should talk to the union and see if there's still something that can be done. Do you deal with, um, like, I had, a, I had been paying uh, insurance on a credit card for years, and then when I went to make the claim on it, they, they denied me because I wasn't a full-time employee, even though I worked full-time hours and I had the exact same job when I got the insurance. Well, if they say, if the insurance company says that you don't qualify, then they should have paid you back your premiums. Did they give you back your premiums? No, they just said that because I wasn't a full-time employee of the board, I didn't qualify. And I said, well, for 10 years, I paid you insurance. Wow. You know, <laughs> at the same job. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Uh, even that is something the union can pursue on your behalf. We may be able to help you with that, depending on when that was. If it's less than two years, why don't you reach out to us, Alfred, and let's see if we can help you with that insurance issue. But if it's been more than two years, unfortunately, then you'd be out of time. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Darlene. Enjoy the uh, the rest of your evening. Here is that number to reach out, so uh, write it down and keep it and do so. one 821 5900 is the way to do that. one 821 5900 you still got a few minutes here to call in right now like Darlene did. If you wish, 613-521-TALK. You can always email help at employmentlawyer.ca there as well. Uh, an email from Catherine says... Um, I was let go from my job. My employer says that they don't have any money to pay severance. What do I do? Well, John, you know the old saying that that works in life, works in employment law, which is you cannot get blood from a stone. That's right. Uh, And and that is very true when it comes to to severance. If the company actually has no money, then the money is not going to materialize from from thin air, uh, and you're not going to, to get severance as a practical matter, despite the fact that they have the legal obligation to do so. But the fact that they said that they don't have money doesn't mean that that is, in fact, the case. Right. God knows, in my 18 years of doing this, I've seen dozens and dozens of matters where the company says, no, no, we don't have any money. Uh, and then, sure enough, they pay severance, they have the money. Uh, so that's not something you can take for granted. And the, the company may have certain assets, right? Like I said before, they may have property that they own. Maybe they own the building. Maybe they own equipment. Maybe there's accounts receivable, receivables, like money that people owe them. If those are the case, they'll, they'll have to find a way to, to pay for it. So the best advice I can give you in that situation is you can't take your word their word for it. So why don't you reach out to me? Let's have a chat. Let me find out more who the company is and, and engage them and find out what really is going on. But if you just take their word for it, you could be walking away from money that you're legally owed, money that yeah. the law says th- they owe you. Margaret, uh, email up next. Again, anytime on or off air, off air, you can email the or no problem, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Another resource anytime that is free, and it's anonymous, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Margaret says, guys, I worked for a, a healthcare facility for 32 years full-time as an independent contractor. <laughs> Uh, I know. I was let go last week. What am I owed? John, there's no person ever, ever that works for 32 years, frankly, not even 32 months, but let's talk about 32 years, and is still an independent contractor. She has her job. She had a full-time, long-time job. She is an employee. She has been an employee for all this time. My God, that's such a obvious misclassification it cannot be more obvious i don't even need to hear anything beyond that so clearly she's an employee after 32 years she's going to be owed two years severance two years pay is what she's owed there's not even a question about it 
Uh, and, and that's why I, I'm glad that she sent that email. She really has got to reach out to me off here so I can help her get that, that severance because this cannot be clearer. So let's touch again on this whole idea of misclassification. Yeah. If you have a steady job for a while, you go to work, you, you do the job, you come home, you have your, your drink, you go to sleep, the next day you do the same thing, well, you are an employee. If you have a boss, you are an employee. So if you think you're an independent contractor, ask yourself, do I have a boss? No, I don't have a boss. Well, okay, well, then that, you may well be a, a contractor. But if you have a boss, someone, someone that you report to, someone that tells you what to do, someone that you work for, you are an employee regardless of, of what you may think. And that not only means you, you're owed severance, potentially you can also claim for unpaid overtime and vacation pay and minimum wage and a few other things as well. So remember those things. And yeah, 32 years, there is no chance that she's a contractor. She's an employee. What happens if she says, oh, I just signed a few contracts, you know, six or seven contracts over the years, so I'm not really an employee because of the contract. So, yeah, I signed a contract for, you know, a two-year contract, and I signed another one and another one. Does not matter. And this is very important uh, because what happens sometimes is you may sign a few contracts, then that final contract, the company says, now we're not going to renew it. Right. Now we're just going to shake your head, uh, your hand and say goodbye. Well, no, not so fast. Usually, once you sign, once you pass that third contract, third contract or beyond, the contract becomes meaningless. The law says, well, now give me a break. Now you're clearly an indefinite hire employee, and the fact that you sign contracts doesn't really matter. It doesn't change anything. If you sign one contract, cool. If you sign two, okay. Three and beyond, no. Those contracts don't mean anything. You're now an indefinite employee, and that is important. Because when the company finally comes to you and says, okay, now we're going to say goodbye, we're not quote-unquote renewing the contract, they're going to have to pay you severance. So if you sign more than three contracts, you're an indefinite employee, severance is owed to you. If you're let go, you reach out to me and I'll make sure you get it. That number, by the way, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You've mentioned on past shows just before we go, there's something called a dependent contractor too, right? Dependent contractor is that category in between an independent contractor and an employee. Right. So a dependent contractor is someone that's not an employee, okay? They are in business for themselves, and, and they probably have a few clients or customers, but they have one customer that's their big one, one customer that they get you know, at least half of their income from. Well, they're considered a dependent contractor in that situation because they're financially dependent on that one customer. So if that customer lets them go they have to pay them severance as if the person was an employee. So you may not be an employee and still get severance if you're a dependent contractor. So bottom line, there's only a very small category of people that are true independent contractors that really will not get severance if they are let go. Chances are that's not you. If you're even doubting yourself a bit now, kind of scratching your head thinking, hmm, I wonder if that's me, I tell you right now it is you. Because a true independent contractor has no doubt. There is no question. The plumbers that you call into your house, the electricians, they know they're not your employees. They're just coming to do a job and they leave. That's what an independent contractor looks like. If that's not you, you're an employee, maybe a dependent contractor. Either way, you're going to be out severance. 
And that'll do it for another show. You want to reach out now that we are done? No problem. Number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And as always, it's like having a lawyer with you at all times. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Free, anonymous, but there is a contact button and uh, email at the top if you want to use that. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show, News Talk 580 CFRA.